Hello, listeners. Jordan here. I just want to let you know that you can listen to Nighttime early and ad-free on Amazon Music. Include it with Prime. You are tuned to the Nighttime Podcast, focused on the fringe of Canada. Hello, listeners. In tonight's episode, we're going to be continuing the story that we covered in the last episode of this show. That was Emma Filipoff is Missing, Part 10, A View from the Shelter. See, after the release of that episode, more so than usual, I received a tremendous amount of emails and feedback, voice memos, and comments on posts related to that conversation with Patty. As they came in, it wasn't your typical line or two of, you know, that was a good episode or I didn't love that episode. A lot of what I was receiving was long, elaborate, detailed comments and opinions. I thought the best way to respond to them and and air them to the public is to put them here on the show. So I invited Tyler Hooper, host of the Missing and Unexplained podcast, to again rejoin me But this time, instead of discussing the conversation with Patty, we're going to be discussing the comments and feedback related to the conversation with Patty. So let's get to it. In tonight's episode, I guess we'll call it Emma Filipov is Missing Part 10.5, Tyler Hooper and I will be discussing the feedback and comments regarding my conversation with Patty. We are here tonight, Tyler, to again, this, actually this is going to be meta. We're not here to discuss Emma Filipov and the discussion with Patty. We're here to discuss people who've discussed that episode via comments, emails, voicemails. I got, um, like I'll, I'll often when I release an episode, I often get a couple like thoughtful messages. It seems right. like just this one in particular, it just brought up a lot of thought a lot of thoughts and opinions and and it wasn't like my typical you know just a short message i got a couple like full-blown long emails that are that were like well written and well thought out and so that was um that was really what motivated me to me to be like i gotta get tyler back on and we can just go through this stuff so i, I would have just forwarded to you anyway we might as well just yeah. talk about it well, and I, when you, when you messaged me saying, Hey, do you want to do this? I was like, again, thank you so much. And yeah, because I, uh, I'd gotten some feedback from just some people who listened to the podcast because they knew I was on it. Um, and they were saying that like, it was, it was one of the more like in recent memory, one of the more interesting episodes on Emma. So, uh, it obviously, uh, you know, stirred the, stirred the pot in some ways and got people thinking about the case, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I even got, um, we'll get to it, but I even got like an anonymous email from like uh I'll, I'll, that'll be one of the ones one of the first ones that i read so i'm not trying to like build up hype but it was even it was just kind of mysterious um but yeah i think this this is the first one the first episode about emma that i've done in a long time that was like featuring a guest that knew emma um from from that period of time like i've done an episode with you that kind of wrapped up the whole series I did one um, with the author who recently wrote a book that featured Emma's story. L.J. Roberts is what the author goes by. Um, right. Uh, but again, right, none of those that. like that was interesting to discuss Emma with with you and with uh, L.J. Roberts. But it, it's not the same as like having 
someone that connected to the story. And then on top of that, having Patty talk so vague and kind of cryptic as well, it just kind of generated some discussion. Uh, first thing I'll tell you, though, um, I'll just put it out there is okay. I talked at the, uh, at the beginning of that episode with Patty. It started off with her basically wishing me dead and slowly coming around to becoming my like friendly with me, at least I thought, uh, right. willing to do the interview. And when you listen to that episode, we sound like like we were getting along great. Um, that I will make no secret of is uh, that relationship has soured again. Um, That's unfortunate. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> it's like I I can't help but laugh because it was um it was really bizarre what happened. I won't get too deep into it, but in essence, I released the episode. Patty right away was writing to me being like, you know, that was that was great. You did a great job. Thank you. It was awesome. She said, my dad was a journalist. My dad would be proud of you. Like she, she was really like wow. pouring it that's on. Why, that's my praise. Yeah. yeah. And she said as well, like it was great that you had Tyler on having the two of you who know the case discussing my top, my comments just added a lot to it. Like she, it was really high praise. Um, then it very much and and then you know so we we had that little chat i didn't hear anything from her for like a day or so and then out of nowhere i got at it was one of those things it was at like four in the morning i got a string of messages from her that was it was like it was from a whole different person uh i'll i'll read a bit of it what she said is and actually a lot of it doesn't make sense because there's like typos and stuff but it's uh, the message that made me realize something had happened from her said to me, this five minutes of char, C-H-A-R, will sound in your mind as an eternity. You would think I'm always harassing you. And if to insult you, why do you dress like that? I'm going to insult your body. And why don't you show it? Why do you hide the truth? Everything that makes you joke about Emma being crazy is the same thing Julian would. I'm not like little innocent Emma. I come from a good family and education. I'm organized. Take that video down. Um, she went on from there to say, like, she would sue me or she would see me in court if I didn't take the video down. Wow. Uh, and she also accused me of um, say, uh, editing it in such a way to change some of her thoughts and comments. Um, although in the pre previous messages to me, she said, you did a great job editing it and making it more clear and precise. Mm. But all I could really do is uh, I'm just going to release the full unedited interview. Which yeah. It's like, it's not the first time that's happened. I did. Uh, I don't know if you listened to my, my series on nature boy. Do you know who, who that is? Uh, I vaguely recall it. Yeah. Okay. Nature boy was like uh, basically a cult leader and he agreed to tell me like his life story. Um, and I, it was again, just like with Patty, it was like a super long, all over the place discussion that you have to edit for clarity and time and stuff. Um, right. I did all, I did the editing and then he, same kind of thing. He said, I changed all his words and made him look like a nut when really I, I think I made Nature Boy look really good. And same with Patty. It was like a very fair, I, I make a point to whenever I edit someone, for one, I'm very cognizant of like, is it going to like, I need to edit it in such a way that it's not going to change any words that they say or any thoughts that they say, but also I want them to sound really good because 
that's how people share your episodes. Like if you have a guest on your podcast, you want to make it something that they're proud of. So they tell all their friends and family, you got to listen who's yeah. on this podcast. So yeah. that's like from the very beginning, that's been a thing. But anyway, I'm like, I'm convinced that whatever is eating, eating up Patty has nothing to do with me. Maybe it's the emotion of reliving her memories with Emma, or maybe it's something altogether different, but it's like, well, I have no, no reason to think the things she said to me initially, like in the interview weren't true. I think whatever happened had something to do with just something going on with her when she sent me those string of messages. Yeah. yeah and I think um, there's a few things you touched on. Like, I think whenever you interview someone about a sensitive topic, like, um, there's probably a lot of emotions and feelings that go through that person afterwards. I once interviewed a guy for a different story. It had nothing to do with Emma. Um, but, uh, he was like this, this guy, he was not really, he was kind of on the run, um, uh, was really hesitant to talk to me. And then he finally agreed to on the record. And as soon as we were finished, he basically said, well, like you can't use my interview unless you pay me. And I was Ooh. like, well, yeah. And I was like, well, that's not how this works. Like I have you on recording saying you're agreeing to be interviewed and there was no talk of payment so long story short this was actually an article for vice i ended up using um his his stuff and he didn't there was no repercussions other than he just never talked to me again so i essentially burned a source but i think think that happens a, a lot and i i still think some of the stuff that patty said does hold weight um i think maybe there's a lot going on that we don't know about in her personal life maybe um maybe with herself or with her family or with with whatever and um yeah, I mean that's that's her that's her stuff. It's just unfortunate she felt the need to lash out at you after agreeing to do the interview because I actually thought you did present her in a really great way. And I think the feedback, I mean, unless I'm wrong, I, I think the feedback was was mostly positive, um, mm -hmm. you know, about her coming on the podcast. So yeah, I it's a shame that, that it's a shame that you had that interaction. So that's too bad. Yeah, but it's it's not the first and probably not the last time something like that will happen. I, I think a part and you probably know this even more so than me where you do a lot of like the investigative kind of reporting, but it's like when you're trying to track down a story and you're connecting with people, you know, that are kind of off the beaten path, so to speak, it's like you come, you come across different personalities and different social styles. So yep. it's, um, it's a mixed bag. And I think Patty's, that's just uh, the way, I don't know. It just, it seems like all my interactions with her, it's from the beginning. It was like, yes, I will talk to you. Like this, like two years ago. Yes, I'll talk to you, which turned into like, I hate you. If you go missing, then you, you know, you deserve it. And all this stuff to, yes, I'll talk to you. Call me right now. And then that goes to, yes, you did wow. a job. You, you made me sound awesome to, I'll see you in court. But it's like, like what you said, I have no fear because the, my interview with her starts with like, you know, can I use your, like, I'm, I have your consent to use this audio and that's a part of it. So it's, yeah. I did. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see what happens going forward. Like, I hope maybe she, you know, listens to it again and realizes that, you know, she did a really great thing. And, um, you know, I don't think your editing was malicious at all. Like I've listened to it. Well, I, I was there for the live version and then, you know, I've heard, um, I've heard it since. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I think you did a great job and I think you, uh, you know, you made it really concise and clear. Um, so it's too bad. Yeah. yeah. I, I really hope that, uh, you know, maybe she'll send you another message soon and it'll be a bit more positive and you know, she'll rethought it a little bit. <laughs> well, we'll see. Um, anyway, so that was just one part of the story that I wanted to get out of the way. Uh, let's get to the feedback. You want to dive into this? Yeah, let's do it. I figure that this way, 
Yeah, I, I separated it by not by topic, which is kind of dumb, but I separated it by like stuff from email, <laughs> stuff from Facebook, stuff from Twitter. So we're just okay. going to be bouncing all over the place. I'll yeah, start go for with, it. Um, we'll, we'll start with Facebook comments because there was, there was quite a few. Emma's story, okay. for whatever reason, it's like, like a, there's often a lot of activity on Facebook. And I, I get a sense of, because whenever I post something, I'll post it Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and certain topics seem to like, work better in different spots and yep. a case like Amazon like Facebook is the spot that people are talking about it. So I'll go I'll go through some of the comments that I got. Okay. Um so the first comment was from Betty Churchill. Uh, and I'll use her full name because she wrote it on my public Facebook. So okay. uh what she says is just got through watching it was fascinating. Great job Jordan and Tyler. One thing that <laughs> stuck with me was that a lot of what I said was that Oh, one thing that stuck with, other than a lot of what Patty said, was that Tyler stated many things about, that there were many things about Emma the family did not share. I hope, hope I'm not misspeaking, but that was my take. What are your thoughts? I'm wondering what they don't want people to know. I'm super curious, as I felt Shelly has been pretty forthcoming about Emma. So I think what, what she's commenting on is something you must have said, or I must have said mm -hmm. in the episode that led, that led her to think that there was stuff that the, that the family doesn't want public. But I think, um, I think she's attributing it to you, but I'll give you my thoughts first is that okay. like, I think every like unsolved crime, missing persons case, there's almost like when, when there's a group that want like exposure for the story and want to gain advocates and stuff. There's always like a bit of PR that's happening where the story's kind of being told in a specific way with like key points being hammered on. And then some points that maybe aren't as relevant or could be viewed in a controversial or an unsavory light are stuff that, right. you know, people who are close to the story maybe don't want out there. That's, that's kind of my take on, on what, you may have meant when you said that. Do you remember saying that? I I don't remember saying it during the live, but I have said it before, whether it was on your podcast or, um, you know, to people uh, publicly when they've asked me about the case. But I, I think like you said, though, I think it's a bit misconstrued because I think that's pretty normal. Um, I, you know, I don't think any family wants, uh, you know, in Shelly's case, she doesn't want all of her Emma's passed out in the open. A lot of like Emma was, a, is a very private person. So, it wouldn't make sense for her to share anything that she didn't think was relevant. So I think sometimes though, the issue is, is that for, as from an outsider, you know, so that information doesn't look like information that might seem irrelevant to Shelly or whoever, um, you know, might seem irrelevant to them because they're close to Emma, but outsiders like us, um, you know, there might be something there to something we're discussing. And I mean, you know, that's, that's, that's a double-edged sword because, you know, you could also be like, well, you're just now coming up with conspiracies and you're looking too, too crazily into things. But, um, I think there's a balance and I, I think sometimes, um, you know, maybe if I've said that, uh, I felt like the family is holding back and I didn't really mean it that, you know, we want to know more. I just think that, uh, in these situations, there's a fine balance between what we need to know and what the family needs to know what they need to protect. Right. So yeah, yeah I, I definitely have said that before. And again, like I'm a, I'm coming from a writer journalist perspective, right? I always want more information. Like that's, that's, you know, if I can get, when I'm doing a podcast interview or I'm interviewing someone for a story or a book, whatever, I want them to give me 
as many details as I can. I'm not very pushy. I tend to respect people's boundaries, um, you know, because I, I want them to share what they want want to share because if it goes public later, I don't want to get backlash. Um, but so for me, it's like, it's always one of those things. It's like that balance of like, okay, I want more details, but I also want to respect the, the privacy of, of, of the family and whatnot. So yeah, maybe it was slightly taken out of context. I also thought Patty said something like that as well. Um, she kind of at one point said that there was stuff that happened in Emma's past that she wasn't going to talk about. I don't even remember that, but she kind of said something mm-hmm. like that. And so maybe that's more, you know, that's maybe when I referenced it um, in our live discussion. Like, I don't yeah. know exactly. But it's like, even in my case, covering Emma's story, there's been stuff that I've come across that, um, that was pulled from the episodes and it wasn't like, I, I won't give like specifics, but there was one of the guests had mentioned something that Emma had with them, with her. And, um, and it was just this kind of like nonchalant, like Emma had blah, blah, blah in her backpack. And, um, it turned out that that item was something that was like Emma had since she was like a little girl. And it was like really just kind of emotional and upsetting to her family or her mom to have like that item mentioned in the podcast just because it had nothing to do with her disappearance, but it was like talking about something really close and special to her. That was something. And then I I was like, of course I'm going to take that out of the episode. So I took that section out. It has nothing to do with anything of consequence, but that's just an example of something that would be uh, emotional to the family. Uh, It shouldn't be out there and it has no relevance of, uh, in discussing her disappearance. But at the same time, I think like people who follow these stories, especially like Emma's, it's like, they want to know every detail. And and I can respect that. Like people, it's not necessarily that they're out there trying to solve the case, looking for leads. They're just fascinated by the the character of Emma Filipov and the mystery of her disappearance and any new information you know, is, is just like another little like glimpse, you know, deeper down into the, the rabbit hole. Um, yeah. But anyway, that's uh, I think that, I think that explains it, but um, I yeah. guess why, why uh, Betty would ask that, um, that question. So here's, here's one that's interesting. Um, this You're already another, smiling. So this has to be good. Well, it's, um, it's just, <laughs> It's just an example of like how nuts this all gets. Um, this is a message from Candace Kathleen Morass, M-O-R-A-I-S. And it's going to reference right. pictures. The pictures are found on the nighttime Facebook page. My, I posted an episode about Emma and in the comments, this person wrote this message and added a bunch of photos. Um, she says, this guy in Vancouver sure looks like green shirt guy. He's 37 today, so in his late 20s when Emma went missing. So, and then she posts a series of photos of that look like just like Facebook photos of this guy. Uh, Right. She has them next to screenshots of the green shirt guy, who is the guy in Vancouver who said, she's not missing. She's my girlfriend. She's, you know, hiding from her family or whatever. Uh, So she was posting photos of this dude who was in his 20s, looks a lot like the green shirt guy. And then she includes a, uh, uh, a news article about this guy being arrested. It says, okay. I'll just read you a couple paragraphs. It says, a Nanaimo man was handed a jail sentence of more than two and a half years after pleading guilty to the sexual touching of a minor and a number of child pornography-related charges. 
Tyrone James Robert Morsey, 34, who had previous child pornography possession convictions, pled guilty Friday in provincial court in Nanaimo of, in charges of possession of child pornography, importing and distributing child pornography, and touching a minor for sexual purpose. The case stems from a January 13th incident in Ladysmith involving a six-year-old boy whose identity is protected. During sentencing, hmm. it was revealed that Morrissey was using a mobile instant messaging application to share images of child pornography, and the authorities were alert alerted and a Ladysmith IP address was identified. RCMP conducted surveillance and arrested him February 8th. So, in essence, what she's saying is this guy who got arrested for child pornography uh, sure looks a lot like green shirt guy. How, how far is Nanaimo from Vancouver? Are they... It's a short, well, it's it's like a, a two hour, two and a half hour. I can't remember how long it is ferry ride. Like it's not, you have to take a ferry because it's, you know, obviously Nanaimo's on the island and Vancouver's on the mainland. Uh, it's not far though. I mean, before the pandemic, you could get there, you know, easily in a day or in a few hours. Um, I haven't seen the photos. So first of all, does it, is there a resemblance at all? The, the thing with the green shirt guy is yeah. you don't get a good shot at his face. So I think like right. anyone with anyone with brown hair in a light complexion right would kind of look like him like i'm sure if you if i walked in that short store with a green shirt on the camera like it was stood in the same position of that guy i would look right. just like him because i have short brown hair and i'm probably a similar build you would probably look a lot like him um but anyway looking at the photos if you said like that's the guy I'd be like, yeah, looks looks like I'm. Well, you know how they could probably figure that out pretty quickly is uh, I think the only thing you can see in the video or the photos is his tattoos. And when you get arrested and put in jail, they take pictures, as far as I know, of notable markings, including tattoos. So hmm. to me, if you know, if 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 someone you know on Emma's team or someone looking into it wanted to be sure, like that would might be something. You know, if 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 there was enough like suspicion, do you think to me it says no? Is that like? I'm not like an expert in, you know, uh, motives for, for like molesters and stuff like that. But I feel like if you're into like younger boys or something like that, like kidnapping a grown adult woman and make, I don't know. It just doesn't, the MO doesn't add up to me. You know what I mean? Like people who are doing those kind of heinous crimes are usually very specific in what they like because of, you know, whatever, whatever is going on in their brain. So yeah, I don't know that that's kind of iffy to me. And then to me, it's like, yeah, if you could, you know, if there's any similarities in the tattoos, then I think, okay, you could probably, you know, yeah. maybe ask him about it. But if he's in custody already, like, I feel like, you know, the police would have probably connected the dots or, you know, you would think, right. You would hope yeah. so. I'm I'm still like I'm not sold in the green shirt guy lead to begin. With. I never well, have. Well, been, yeah, and then there's but, that. Yeah, exactly. Then but, there's that. Like, how credible is he to begin with, right? Yeah. Um. But I think what some people have brought up, and I've seen this mentioned, I, it's probably in some of the other comments that came through. But um, Patty had said Emma was hot, like being stalked and hiding and like running away from a boyfriend. Some people uh, immediately then go to could be Julian could be this green shirt guy and i'm thinking right. maybe that's what brought this up but when you get a chance look on the facebook comments and see the photos and see what you think it to me it didn't like i've seen so many people be like i think this is green shirt guy um but it's on but, your uh, facebook right yeah it, but it to me it's it, it's an interesting catch but uh but not a, it's not this uncanny resemblance that makes me scream um Let's move over to Instagram. 
this uh this instagram user named lil something um says amazing <laughs> podcast did you catch patty saying that when enrolling in the shelter you need to give a, you need to give a reason why i'm sure there's confidentially confidentiality strings attached to that info but i'm wondering if investigators have that info uh and i remember her saying that as well she said like you know, when you when you check in and you get a bed at Sandy Merriman, you got to say why you're staying there. Um, hmm. It's for one, I, I like when she said that, I was kind of surprised because I thought it would be really personal. Like you'd think that if I ran like a shelter for, you know, people who are coming from nasty situations, I think that the for, what I'd really want to avoid is them is being like, come on to my office and tell me like what the, what exactly is going on. I'd want to have it set up in a way that they can just kind of come in and have safety and space. But uh, as as far as what Patty said is that's not the way it works at Sandy Merriman. Maybe there's a reason why that has to happen. But I would love to hear what Emma said her reason for being there was. Yeah, part of me thinks like maybe she misspoke or maybe it's like... Uh you know, cause English isn't her first language. Like maybe she, the context isn't there because I do feel like there has to be a certain amount of, you know, you have to be able to remain somewhat anonymous when you check into those things. I'm sure there's, you know, certain things you have to provide, but I feel like any sort of reason, um, beyond like, you know, I'm fleeing a dangerous situation or something like that. Like, I, I'm not sure how much context you'd have to give, you know, but then again, I've never been in a shelter and I've never, you know, worked in one. So I, I don't know. But that is an interesting, that is, yeah, that is an interesting insight. Yeah. It, it would be good. It would be interesting to know. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, that would, information would be private though. I mean, you know, the public would never, would never see that, you know, like the, the police probably could, you know, and I think even if the police need want to see that stuff, they have to, um, I, I, I think they probably have to get like some sort of warrant or they, or they have to maybe, um, you know, get a judge involved if the shelter won't turn it over, because I know there's a lot of you know, privacy issues with those sorts of things, even with the police. So I imagine, I imagine the public, you know, seeing any of it ever is pretty much impossible and probably be a breach of some sort of protocol. Right. Um, yeah, exactly. So let's see what's, what's next here. We got, we got a lot of it. One sec. By the way, I looked at the photo while you were um, talking and I don't see much resemblance personally. No more than any other. Just from like the, short brown hair i mean it's guy yeah and you can kind of maybe vaguely connect the dots but i think sometimes you see what you want to see you know so um, um yeah this next comment several people have said have brought this up so i think this is going to be a point we talk about a lot um okay we might as well jump into it now so you remember okay. at the at the end of the discussion with patty randomly she started thanking the shelter and then she had like her voice just kind of trailed off and she i what i thought was she thanked julian and said something like you could be a lot in this plane or what i thought she yeah said. thank you anyways to sandy Mariman who gave me shelter mm -hmm. um thank you to the people in canada thank you to the volunteers who are still there um, thanks to you really That's and okay. for julian i don't know i don't know i'm sorry i'm sorry the you could be you could be so much 
to the world in this plane. I thank you for talking to me. Bye. A lot of people had comments about that, and this is probably going to occupy a good part of our conversation going forward. So I'll, I'll read the first okay. one. This is DJ Shepa on Instagram says, what Patty was trying to say at the end is that Julian had something to explain to the world. Assuming she's suggesting Julian was the one stalking Emma and the police would have would have done the right thing and investigated him if only the shelter had portrayed Emma as if only the shelter had not portrayed Emma as being nuts. So hmm. that's this. I'll read you a couple of people commenting yep. the same thing. But what DJ Shepa was just kind of explaining what she what they thought um, uh, Patty was trying to say at the end of the episode. But I thought Patty had said it would like be a lot in this plane. But it turns out like if I guess people who speak Spanish, they don't really make an X sound. So the word explain comes out sounding a little different. Here's another comment mm -hmm. that okay. has that same message. But this is Bridget Boulay. Bridget says, I just listened to the live show. At the end, I believe Patty says, you could have been so much for this world and explained. That's just my experience from having a Spanish wife with grin with a grinning face and smiling eyes. So that was <laughs> two people who gave that same opinion that it was not on this plane. It was explain. Um, that makes a lot of sense. It does make more sense. And I listened back to the clip and that's like, that's definitely what she said. Uh, it's okay. still a vague statement. She said something. Uh, it was something like you could be a lot more to the world and explain. Uh, so I do think it's a lot more of a call out of Julian. We kind of suspected it was a call out. Right. Uh, I, yeah, I think it was definitely a call out. Yeah. She, she thanked the shelter and then basically said, Julian, explain yourself. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, the one thing I, I think too is, and you know this having talked to Julian and I, you know, I still message him and we message back and forth. He is very, um, descriptive in his thoughts and feelings and emotions. Like when I get messages from him, they're very like long. Like I never just get like a, Hey, how's it going? Like, he's not that type of guy. Like from my experience, like mm -hmm. I get these, you know, almost like these thoughts that he's suppressed and, um, for a while and just needs to share them with someone. So maybe, you know, maybe part of it is that, you know, if she ever met Julian that, you know, she got that impression from him and felt like maybe he had more to say than he was leading on. Um, you know, I, I wish, do you know more about like what their, like what their relationship was like, because I don't know if they ever met or if I don't just believe they've, I don't believe they've ever met, but Julian does know who she is. Um, really? He, okay. Yeah, he had meant, he meant, he messaged me and, um, and asked if I, he's like, I see you have a new episode coming up about, about Emma. And I was, and I didn't give much info. I'm like, yeah, it's with uh, someone who stayed at the shelter with her. And he mm -hmm. said, is it a Spanish woman? And I said, yeah. So he at did least you follow, followed, did you follow up on that? Uh, yeah, but I didn't get any, I didn't space say specifically, like, do you know her? How do you know her? Right. Right. Um, right. It was That's more just, yeah, it was more just getting into what was going to be said and stuff, but he hmm. he knew about her, but it didn't seem like he he didn't use her name or anything, but she certainly knows him.
Here's a message from Megan709, a different topic. So it says, my interpretation of Patty's comment of Emma being famous is maybe Emma alluding to the fact that people were going to know who she was, like she had foresight that something bad would happen to her and her story was going to be told publicly. That gave me extremely eerie feelings, to tell you the truth. Um, That's dark. (laughs) Yeah, and then she comes back and says, I just want to, I'm just popping back in. There's another comment like a minute later. I'm just popping back in to add that when Tyler said he was shocked to hear her thank the shelter because of her criticism, I felt like that was intentional. Like ironically pointing out the shelter and Julian to cryptically point blame. Sorry, the comments are inarticulate. (laughs) Um, But yeah, uh, that comment, uh, we'll focus on the first part of what Megan said is the idea that Emma would would say I'm going to be famous knowing that something bad was going to happen to her. I think what Patty said, um, she didn't say that Emma said like with her mouth and words, I'm going to be mm-hmm. famous. I think mm-hmm. what she said is that was the kind of the feeling I got from the look Emma gave me. Uh, I think it was like something with it, like Patty just read that from her aura, so to speak. So I don't know if Emma said I'm going to be famous. Yeah, it's, and it's, his body language kind of did to to yeah. Patty. So yeah, it's a very cryptic. Uh, even if she did say something like that, like it's very cryptic, right? Like if she wasn't in a right state of mind, like who knows what that could mean, right? Like she could be having you know delusional thoughts or you know. But part of me, you know, not you know, and I don't want to spend the whole time here poking holes in everything that all the comments. But again, n- knowing how private Emma was, like that would be a really strange thing for her to say and want. You know, like, I think if she is somewhere, you know, off the grid or, and, and she has seen any of this, like, I think she would hate that we're even having this conversation. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't think she'd want the attention, you know, that all that sort of stuff. So to me, that's, that, that would be odd for her to like have, I mean, but maybe she had a premonition. I mean, I don't know, like, or again, like maybe Patty just kind of, you know, took that off of Emma's aura and body language. And yeah, I think like filtered it into her own. Patty described yeah. Emma as being this like um like this uh an- angelic kind of like blonde hair flower child kind of thing. So I think maybe it was Patty's thought that Emma was um gonna be more than someone who is kind of like living in transition in Victoria. That that's kind of what the way I read it. Um, right. But yeah, I guess it's it's open to per- interpretation and just like Betty is saying in the comments, Patty was being very sarcastic. Oh, Betty was be- Patty was being sarcastic about the shelter. So she's commenting on the second part of Megan's yep. statement. I, th- I think Patty was sincerely thanking the shelter for looking after her, but mm. it did it come across a little weird because she did rip into the shelter for a while. It honestly, it, when, when we were doing the show and you were playing me that clip, it did. I was like, mm, that's not, like, it kind of felt like sarcasm to me. Um, but again, it's kind of hard to know what the intent of Patty was with some of the stuff she was saying, like where she was coming from. Um, cause you know, you know, some people might, you know, rip on a situation or, you know, be reflecting and being emotional and then realize like, well, you know, if I hadn't had that shelter and had that, you know, that outlet, um, or that resource, like, you know, I probably wouldn't be where I am today sort of thing. So I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it could very well have been sarcastic yeah. knowing kind of what Patty was like. She also said things though, like where I'm from in Spain, it's like you work or you die. Like this is this great shelter. She made it seem like, like the shelter was this kind mm-hmm. of 
fantastic um like this fantastic thing to have for people who who need it but at the same time she would talk about how it's connected with the government and they you know uh she had problems with it for sure but yeah i don't know right um when people listen to the full unedited interview they will see how difficult of a time i had getting direct responses so it's it's this is one of the first times i think that i've I've talked to someone for like an hour and a half and at the end of it, I'm like, I don't really know what they meant about most things. But right. I think like with with Patty, so much was up in the air about what she meant and what she was getting at and what, you know, if there was meaning behind different statements. But I think like when I was done that interview, I managed to get these little pieces of the story about Emma that I was like, all right, that was yep. worth it because I have this these details which aren't open to interpretation. There was some specific pieces of information in there. But when you listen, like if anyone sits through the full interview, they'll, um, they'll see the challenge that was, that was, that I faced. Um, let's get in, let's get into some of the emails here. I'll, okay. I'll jump right to the, the weird, um, <laughs> kind of anonymous one. Kind of anonymous. Of, okay. No, it, it, it's anonymous, but they give themselves a name. It's almost like I found this like group of people who are operating under this weird name. <laughs> You'll see what I mean. So okay. it says the subject line is Emma Filipoff is missing episode 10. Good evening. We, and they say we, all right. We hmm, just okay. episode. And like your other podcasts, it was well done, interesting and engaging. Um, we have a comment regarding the end of the episode and Patty's final statement. We heard something different from what you heard. When she is thanking everyone, we don't believe that she is including Julian in that. Our assertion is that she is thanking you lastly and then addressing Julian. These are the words we heard. If we are in error, please let us know. Thanks to you. Huh. Uh, so here's what they think she says. Thanks okay. to you, really, being like thanks to Jordan. And for Julian, I don't know. I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you could be you could be so much for the world and explain. We believe that the last word is explain. And with her accent, it sounds like in this plane. We think this changes the context of that last statement. We think she is really trying to say is thanks to you, Jordan. And she's done thanking everyone now. And she is now addressing Julian directly by saying, and to you, Julian, I'm sorry, but you could do much more for the world if you would explain. Perhaps this mm -hmm. isn't correct. And also there is no evidence to, to suggest that Julian had anything to do with Emma's disappearance, but it seems she's calling out Julian rather than thanking him and suggesting any kind of relationship with him. We think she is suspicious of him, like many other followers of this case, but doesn't provide anything meaningful to suggest other than, than showing her suspicion. And just an additional comment, it seems everyone who was involved with Emma Filipov developed some kind of obsession with her. It's easy to believe she had a stalker, or perhaps more than one, but without anything def definitive, I agree with you that she likely did harm to herself due to some stress in her life, and perhaps it was the constant obsession people would have with her. It would be interesting to know if she ever hid or ran away for brief periods of time as a child. Again, excellent work, and we look forward to your next episode. Take care. And then it's signed, <laughs> Casual Observers. 
Is did you go, did you Google that by chance and see and try and figure no, out? No, like I'm, I'm assuming it's like a secret society. Um, no, it's, but it is weird. I don't I don't recall ever it's getting weird. that's like we, our, you know, that language, and then sign casual observers. It must be just a group of people who are following this case carefully, and it was mm -hmm. it's formatted very formally. Like all the quotations mm. are like separate sections and whatever, but um, but yeah, I I agree with their breakdown of the closing uh, of that episode. Is Patty thanks the shelter, she thanks me, and then she changes from thanking to addressing Julian specifically and seemingly saying saying you know you could do more for the world if you'd explain. So yeah, I think uh, I think now that you've said it multiple times, I think that's absolutely what she's alluding to. And that's what she's saying. I have no doubt about that. Again, m I would like to know more about how they know each other. Like if they've met, like if Julian knows who she is and, um, because Julian apparently wasn't hanging out with Emma very much leading up to her disappearance. He'd seen her a couple of times. Um, so how would he know who Patty is unless they had an interaction before or after or if Emma told him about her like it just seems kind of odd that they they know who each they know each other and we don't know how they have met like that to me is um would probably provide a bit of clarity here don't you think yeah or if she if she was going to call him out it would have been great if it was more specific specific like, like I said in that email <laughs> yeah. is she um she didn't offer any insight as to why she if she is suspicious of him if that is what she said she didn't provide any information as why it was just this kind of general call out in, you know, uh, directing suspicion at him without really giving any reason other than the fact that she mentioned his name. Did Julian come up at all in the, like in the rest of the uncut version, is there anything else that she mentions about Julian or is that it? Um, like in the version that you're releasing. Yeah. I, there may be a little bit more, but not, much if anything okay. i think um okay. yeah i'm just running my i'm just running i mean obviously head. nothing that nothing that you flagged like for no. this like you know yeah okay i want to i want i haven't listened to the unedited thing since i actually like edited it but um right anything i'm just thinking of earlier on in the episode and in the interview if she mentioned him because it wasn't until like the end where I started being like, whoa, like that's a weird comment about Julian. If, if yeah. it is, she may like, if she may say his name once or something, but I, I don't even know if that was the case. Um, okay. Yeah. But it, that was a, that was an interesting email. I like that. Yeah. It was well-written and high praise. Yeah. It was, it was like thoughtful. Uh, yeah. Very thoughtful. Yeah. It was like complimentary. So yeah, that's awesome. But, <laughs> but better than that, it was like, it was, they listened to the episode and paid attention and, yeah. you know, had comments to add. It's, it's not often you get emails like that. Yeah. Um, oh, that's great. And it had a, and, and it had a sense of uh, a mystery and yeah. eeriness almost to it. Like, casual observers do a follow-up episode. Like who are the casual observers? That could be a whole episode for you. <laughs> <laughs> that's I think that's a mystery. I don't even want to get too close to that because like they will they will ruin your life. If well, you if they hear it. this, maybe you'll get another email. Oh my god. I don't know if I want to like tempt them. There's like I'll just wake up tomorrow and there's gonna be like a red X like painted on my front door of my house, and I'm like, what? It was the casual observers. <laughs> um, oh, that's too funny. So here we go. This is another right. email. This is from another Suzanne. Email. 
Um, hi, Jordan. I hope you're doing well. You know, although we're living through a global pandemic and we've been quarantined for most of the past year, I just listened to your episode on Emma Filipov, and I can't help but thinking that Emma might have been talking about the green shirt guy when she was talking to Patty about being stalked. That guy that went into the store tearing up her missing persons poster and saying Emma wasn't missing, but she was his girlfriend. Do we know if he ever went to her workplace to bother her? Because with Patty's limited English and just the way she was recalling the conversations, maybe Emma had said something like, this guy, he thinks he's my boyfriend and he's stalking me. What are your thoughts on this? I was very hmm. surprised that the green shirt guy didn't come up with your discussion with Tyler. Is there a reason for that? Was he cleared somehow? Um, so I'll answer the first. Well, I guess we've already answered the last part. I think just Tyler, me, nor you are really like hung up on the green shirt guy. I've always thought he was just a red herring. Uh, that's probably why he didn't come up. My, my mind just didn't really go to him. Um, mm -hmm. But the other thing, I guess, is Suzanne is saying, like, was he ever at her job or whatever? So we know Emma worked at the fish shop, um, which is right on the waterfront in Victoria. It's, um, mm -hmm. Blue fish. Yeah, but, that's it. But green shirt guy, that was in a whole different city. He was in Vancouver, which yeah. is a couple hours yeah. away, is it? Yeah, it's yeah. You have to take a ferry. Um, it's not like, you know, it's not super accessible. Um, you know, you, you have to either fly or take a ferry to get to the island. Yeah, and that that's that's kind of what I was thinking too. And and you know, to be coming over and going back and forth to stalk someone, I mean, that's a lot. You're leaving a big footprint there too. Like I feel like that's something that police would have picked up on. Like if someone is going back and forth for the purpose of stalking this poor, poor woman, like, you know, would that not would that person not leave a lot of clues and a lot of video footage? And I don't know, I just I just feel like that would be really sloppy. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. If you're gonna Oh, or maybe not. Maybe maybe you could see it as being clever because you're, you know, you're stalking someone during the day and then going to a whole different city by night. I don't know. But yeah, I think I think the par problems is the credence that I put towards the green shirt guy isn't very yeah, I just to me, I think I agree with you, Jordan. I think it's mostly a red herring. And so until we can, you know, get some more information about who he is and you know what he was saying had any sort of truth to it, I just it's hard for yeah. me to connect those dots and get excited, I guess. Yeah, and she asks, has he been cleared somehow? No, he hasn't been cleared because no, no one's idea. been able to find him. That the we only, know. Yeah. yeah. And there's no way to know if he showed up at her work because, again, all that anybody knows about this guy is he had a green shirt on and he showed up at a store in Vancouver uh, with a crumpled up missing persons photo uh, poster of Emma saying, agitated, saying she's not missing. She's my girlfriend. So right. I, I just think like Vancouver is full of crazy people. I think he was just some crazy person and he pulled up a poster and said some weird stuff. I, I don't, I don't know, but it is so weird. I just wish I could find this guy, figure out who he is and be done with it. But the, the security video that they have of him is of such poor quality that. Hmm. It is interesting. Like it's definitely not something like, I like that she connected those dots because I think some people like us probably do overlook that point sometimes and who knows down the road if we ever get a resolution to what happened to emma you know maybe that is part of it we don't know i mean i don't even think the police were able to question him because they couldn't find him um you know and i know people were like at the time like when, when that got posted like they were calling tattoo shops to try and find out who maybe did the art on the arm that you could see in the camera like there was a really valiant effort by volunteers and people involved from my understanding to like try and find this guy mm -hmm. and 
to my knowledge, no one has. So at the very least, you know, that kind of comment, it keeps, it keeps that part of it. And that kind of maybe a red herring in the discussion because it is e easy to overlook, I think. Yeah. I I'm kind of disappointed that we never even thought of that or brought him up, but I just, yeah. Yeah. My mind doesn't often go there. Although he's a big part of the story. When you, when people talk about, like if, if you find, if you go on YouTube and you search Emma Filipoff, you're going to find a thousand YouTubers who've covered her story and yeah. every one of them, I'm sure spends like a couple minutes talking about the green shirt guy. He's just, he's a part of the story. Him and Julian are like, yeah. Two, well, two and they're part involved. of the timeline, right? Like they're, they're actual people involved and in, on the timeline of, of, you know, the events in, in Emma's case. So yeah, I think you absolutely have to mention him. I just think I've always been hesitant to like talk about it too much because you know, it's like one of those things, like how much weight is there to this, you know, to what he said? Yeah. Um, it's, hard, it's hard to gauge. That reminds me, there's another, I don't have any of the messages here, but I did get uh, several people wrote asking um, our thoughts on, on William. Um, oh, which, yes. Yes. Actually I, actually, I saw you writing back and forth with someone on Twitter because I had put a post up being like, we're going to do the like, talk about comments and discuss mm -hmm. you know, feedback. Uh, one of the people, someone responded to that saying like, you know, are you going to discuss William? And you had a little back and forth, but uh, William, like I, I've, I've never discussed him on the show because I don't, I've never like got his story directly from him in great detail. He, I, I've made it clear to him that there's an open door here. And if he ever wants to tell his story, I'd love to have him on the show and mm -hmm. get his, his, uh, his version of it but in essence this is a guy who came forward i think six years seven years after emma disappeared who believes that i think he heard about emma's story on my podcast and then it kind of clued in his head that like oh my god i think i picked her up that night and he believes that after emma was last seen speaking to the police he may have picked her up and gave her a ride somewhere like five in the morning or something like that. Yeah. Six in the and, morning. Yeah. And it's, um, Shelly, Emma's mom, uh, seemed pretty like she seemed pretty excited about that lead, but, um, I don't think anything has been confirmed yet. And, um, yeah, that's, I guess like it, until he comes on and tells the story, I don't think, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I haven't given it much thought. Yeah, I've listened to that that episode, uh, that other podcast, like once or twice, I think. And, the, you know, again, it's one of those things where I think some of it is interesting, like where he says he picked her up sounds pretty accurate, given like what we know about, you know, things that were found, the card, prepaid card and, you know, Wanda Fuca and stuff like that. Um, so that would have been the direction she would have been heading in, um, you know, if we kind of follow that trail. But, you know, I think it was the person on Twitter who said, you know, I think, and again, I don't know if he says in the podcast, I can't remember, but the person on Twitter was kind of saying, you know, it's weird that um, Emma like kissed him on the cheek and thanked him for the ride. Like that doesn't really seem like something Emma would really do from, from my experience. So there's, there's details that, you know, seem really interesting. And then there's other deals, details that just don't really fit. So like you said, I think it's one of those things where if you wanted to come on and talk to you, um, that would probably really help. The thing that really bothers me too is why did it take him so long to come forward with that detail like you know six seven years later like and 
I mean, I can't remember, you know, what I did last week to a certain extent. Like, so I couldn't tell you, you know? what I did the t- earlier today. I had such a whirlwind of a day. But- <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like, you know, I don't know. I, I don't have the greatest. I have a pretty good long term memory with certain things. But I mean, picking up, you know, a woman and giving her a ride for a few blocks. I mean, that's not something I would normally do. So maybe I would remember it. But it just seems odd that it took so long. And I can't remember his rationale. I think he said he was a you know, afraid he'd get in trouble or something like that, or, you know, and, and sure that makes a little bit of sense, but something doesn't sit right with me about that one. A hundred percent. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, but, um, in either way, it, like it had nothing to do with the episode of a Patty, like, uh, right. yeah. I don't see how, I think it was someone just asking, like, are you going to discuss that? But right. That's I, we pro- I'm sure we brought it up before at some point, but I, I've never given it too much thought. Um, yeah. Let's get to the last part. This is a two-part um, voice memo that I got about this episode. So for people who don't know, if you go on my website, nightgownpodcast.com slash contact, if um, you have the option to uh, send me a voice memo, uh, you just like, whether it's, it'll work on your phone or your laptop or whatever, it just records a message. You talk to your phone and it emails it to me. Uh, so I got a couple, a two-part voice memo about this episode. Let me play it for you. Hopefully you can hear it. This well, is one you've pre-screened, right? Not one of the ones that no, you... I didn't, I didn't screen oh, this. Okay. So this could so... be like, Jordan, idiot, and you misspoke <laughs> again. You idiot. Uh, that'll be, That's and right. I'll play the whole thing through if it is, because I did get a couple uh, nasty voice memos, which I do okay. enjoy. Uh, more than hate mail. I love hate voice memos. Uh, so this yeah. is, uh, this is from Christine. So here's part one of two. Okay. Hi, Jordan. I'm Christine from Michigan in the fractured, but on the men, US of A. I'm contacting you in regards to the latest Emma Filipov episode. The way I heard it, with Patty waxing ethereally, Emma stated she thought she would be famous, not necessarily that she wanted to be famous. And it just struck me that she indeed has become famous. Did she know? Was it a premonition? It's neither here nor there and doesn't help solve her case. But it made me wonder if she really was, as Patty said, not of this plane. I love your podcast and nighttime is the perfect name for it. You have great voice. And I hope you never stop. Wow, you've got a big fan in Michigan. Hell yeah. Uh, so that was part one. Let's listen There's to part, part two. There's a part two to it? Oh, that sounded yeah, like the end I of think the... You, you can only record... Well, I think she stopped and then sent another one. Because I think you can only record like a minute or two. So maybe okay. it was running at a time. So she stopped. and then, Or okay. maybe your thoughts. Let's see. Because right. it's the same person, Christine, who sent this one. Okay. Hi, Jordan. This is Christine again from Michigan. I was just re-listening to your podcast and about Emma Filipoff. And Patty says, Emma said, I surrender. I'm going to be famous. 
and again, I just think maybe she's sur- either surrendering to the person that is stalking her or that she is going to do something to herself. I don't know. That's kind of what I take from that. Thanks again. I love your podcast. Do you uh, pay that person to leave? That was uh, my mom, Christine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love when my mom calls. Um, <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, interesting thoughts, though. It, getting back yeah. to the whole idea of, like, did Emma say, I'm going to be famous? Did Patty perceive it to be Emma thinking yeah. that? I think Emma is just, you know, when, um, being a big fan of, like, music and stuff, some people just, like, have the it factor, which is you can't even really put your finger on what it is about them, but whatever Absolutely. it is, they have it. So someone like Mick Jagger, he's not this ultra-talented singer or whatever, but he's just whatever it is Mick Jagger has and has always had it. So when yeah. he walks into a room, even if Mick Jagger isn't performing, I'm sure everyone in the room can sense like, whoa, like someone special just walked in here because they right. have it. I think Emma is someone who has it. And I think I feel like um, maybe Patty was kind of vibing with that thinking like, you know, something about Emma was saying, I'm going to be famous. Like uh, um, Christine in that message used the word like a premonition. That's kind of yeah. that's how I take it. Yeah, and that's what I I think I said that too. Like, if it was to be taken that way, it seems almost like she's, you know, giving a premonition for herself. But yeah, it's it's you know what's really interesting to me is that that you know it seems to be this certain clips that resonate with that many people, right? Mm-hmm. So to me, it says that you know there there might be something to that and something there. Um, but yeah, I think it's hard to know like you know if Patty perceived it or if Emma said it. And then also, like, you know, how do you interpret that? It's, it's, yeah, it's tricky, but, um, yeah, it's interesting. Very interesting. Well, uh, this was a, an interesting episode as, uh, which is proven by the amount of comments and questions yeah. and people just kind of putting it together. And I've heard, like, I think through our messages there, Christine said it, and I think a couple other people even said they've listened more than once and I can, yeah. see, um, I can see why, cause there, there, this was a bit heavier or denser in terms of what was there. Um, but I don't know where to go next with the M episode. It's like, I kind of would like to hear from Julian to hear what, yeah. what he has to say about, about Patty. Um, you know what I would love to do? I would love if, if, if he's up for it, like uh, three of us do something like we could both talk to him. I don't know if that's possible, but oh, yeah. I, um, cause I'll we watch. both, yeah, we both have a relationship with him to an extent. We've both talked to him. Um, so I, I think it would be interesting. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. I'd be up for that for sure. I'd even like to just know like what his connection with her is with Patty. Um, well, yeah, and get a reaction from him about your episode too. Like, you know, what what did he think of the conversation? And I don't know. It's It might be worth asking him to see if he even wants to listen to it and give you private feedback to start, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that'll be uh, that could be coming. Um, yeah, because I don't think I'm going to get any clarification from Patty based on her prior. Message. <laughs> no, I would probably leave that alone for a while. Just like maybe let her, you know, 
stew a little bit and hopefully maybe come around. You know, that's probably the best best move. Um, yeah, yeah, that's uh, too I'm bad. S- still hoping we'll hear from Dennis Quay. That's like from the beginning. Yes. that's been who I wanted to talk to. Um, Absolutely. But yeah, no, nothing yet. Anyway, well, we should wrap this up, Tyler. I want to thank uh, everyone who's listened, everyone who's watching along on YouTube. Everyone who's taken the time to comment uh, on any of the social media, and especially people like Christine, who go to nighttimepodcast.com slash contact and send a voice memo. Since it's an audio show, it's really cool to include audio of people like providing their feedback. So I'm going to I think I'm going to lean on that a bit more in future episodes. That's a I like cool way to get feedback. It's more, yeah, it's very um, cool. It's almost like, you know, when you listen to an album on vinyl, you get to hold the record and the artwork's bigger and it just, you put on your, the, the music and it just has a bit more of a meaning. I think, yeah. um, a voice memo is like the, a voice memo is to a comment, what a vinyl record is to where the vinyl is to a song. So Christine could have wrote that same thing on Facebook and Instagram or Twitter, but it's just not the same as hearing her voice. Um, yeah yeah there's like an inflection to it and you get a sense of a personality like it, it is way more personal it always reminded me like do you remember and maybe like I, you know maybe you don't but i remember coming home when i was really young and my parents had an answering machine oh, and they yeah. would like after work, and they would turn that on and beep and then it, like the messages would play and sometimes you just get the most random like if it was a wrong number but the person thought they were calling the right like <laughs> Yeah, it was just it was just always like you never knew what you're gonna get. So I think yeah. for me, it's like the palpable excitement of not knowing what this person is gonna say, and you're actually gonna hear their voice. Like that to me is like you know, it's way more um, interesting than just opening an email and you know, kind of reading it in your own in your own voice and in your own brain. Then so that's also, cool. Like just to keep going with that analogy, it's like you get a written letter <laughs> in the mail. How different that is than an email, yeah. or like it, that voicemail mail like at home, like on your answering machine compare that to like a text message exactly uh, it, it yeah. was, or no i guess a text message equivalent would be like in school when someone would write like a note on a piece of paper and pass it to you yeah that's like the text message and yeah. that's so like you read you open it you're like whoa um <laughs> everything just uh, basically everything sucks now in the modern yeah. world. um technology has ruined <laughs> it and the last like bastion of humanity that we have left is the ability to send voice memos through my website. I love it. I hope you keep doing it because uh, it's it's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's really uh, great. Awesome. Well, let's let's wrap this up. Tyler, Sounds good. Thank you again for uh, for joining me. Uh, no problem. It's uh, this, I was glad you were able to do it because I know you're you're a busy fella. Tell, what um before we wrap it up, you're you've been working on your show this week. You almost had to cancel, or you almost couldn't record the other night. What are you working on? uh well right now so i've got a the podcast uh the missing and unexplained podcast which is primarily focusing on missing persons season one on ryan stuka came out in the fall or sorry uh winter actually uh fall winter of uh, 2020 so right now i'm started editing season two i have about uh four or five episodes worth of content to edit and that'll come out in may i'm also though um doing some big well, what I think uh, uh, people that I'm big fans of other podcasters like yourself that I have coming on the show as one-off episodes in April, uh, kind of to lead into season two. Uh, so things are quiet right now because I'm doing a lot behind the scenes. I'm starting a Patreon that's going to launch soon. Um, so so April and May will be very busy for content. But this month's all about behind the scenes and coming on shows like yours. And uh, depending on when this comes out, 
I'm going to be on the Unsolved Mysteries podcast uh, next week. So the 20, 24th or 5th or something like that. So it's Ty, been busy. It's, it's been Granger, busy. Are you able to say? Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's talking about Granger. Yeah. I won't say. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, they're going to announce it next week. Well, they, and, in their trailer for the podcast, it had his photo. So I knew right away yeah. that, yeah. okay, they're covering Granger Taylor. And I, I haven't. I, th- I was I was worried they weren't going to include you, but would include your research. So I'm very glad that you're involved <laughs> no, in the show in some way. They were awesome. Like we recorded a few months ago, and it was a great experience. Um, yeah, I, it's two parts. Apparently, the episode. I don't know how much of it I'm in. So I mean, all I know, I could have like 30 seconds. So it'll be interesting to see. But um, yeah, so I've just been busy. You know, just just uh, getting my podcast going and. You know, being fortunate fortunate enough to come on a podcast like yourself. So thanks for having me. Um, before we go, though, one last yeah. comment we can address. Someone in the chat named Metallica Metallica, which is great uh, name. Yeah, it's not as good. It's like ACDC, ACDC, um, or Black Sabbath, Black Sabbath. But what they said is, does anyone <laughs> here assume that Emma believed Jolien showing up Victoria and repeatedly bumping into her was a coincidence? Would you if you were her? Ooh, yeah. I, well, you know, you know what I would say to that is, and I'm going to plug you here. Go and listen to the Julian episode that Jordan did again because uh, his reason for moving to Victoria makes a lot of sense. Um, and if it is made up, it's impressive how seamless his story is. And then the bumping into it, Victoria is an incredibly small place. Once you hear, I bump into people. Well, before the pandemic, not so much anymore, but before the pandemic, I would bump into people all the time. Some people I did not want to bump into. So it happens, um, whether you want it to or not, if you're in downtown Victoria. But yeah, I think, you know, you're right. There is some oddness to it. But uh, go go listen to Jordan's episode with Julian, because I think that'll maybe give uh, a bit more context to that. It's- but I think at least it's a huge coincidence that is yes. very yeah. unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, again, got to restate like he, you know, police interviewed him, both the RCMP and Victoria police, and he apparently passed two polygraphs and interviews. So yeah. um, but, uh, to, just you know? to play devil's advocate, though, there are a lot yeah. of people who say uh, polygraphs are pseudoscience. They can't be used in court. They're inadmissible. Right. In court. Um, so right. I think people will say like you can, we can say that Julian passed a polygraph, but there are a lot right. of people who say like, so what? It's like you could have or read his uh, the creases on his hands and had just as uh, compelling or just as scientific as a result. But um, but yeah, that's fair. I guess that's fair. There is a not to say that I feel that way. I like my personal belief is that Julian is not involved in anything. My and I made it clear oh, my oh personal my. belief that is that Emma was involved in whatever happened, and I I don't believe anyone else was. But um, I definitely don't see Julian as being involved although it's like you know patty seems to have some questions there and so do a hell of a lot of people and i try to like in any kind of like issue i i make such an effort of seeing both sides of it and Mm -hmm. i can definitely see both sides of the julian thing because that that is a huge coincidence his reason sounds just like you said but still well and now with with patty mentioning him the rabbit hole gets deeper so um we could we could be here all night. Let's wrap this I'm up. I'm just gonna say yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks everybody. Thanks, Jordan. I want to thank you for breaking down the feedback on that past episode with Tyler and I. 
It's no surprise to me that so many listeners took the time to share their thoughts and opinions on this case. As I've said since the beginning of this series, for better or worse, Emma has always found a way to draw people in. And perhaps it's that same allure that will lead to her being found. If anyone out there has any information regarding the disappearance of Emma Filipov, please contact the Victoria Police Department's non-emergency line at 250-995-7654. Tips can also be sent anonymously via Crime Stoppers at 1-800-222-8477. Additionally, if you want to publicly share your connection to Emma or your thoughts in this case, please contact me at nighttimepodcast.com slash contact. I'd be happy to include you in a follow-up episode. And with all that said, it's time now to start wrapping up this episode. But before we part, I'm going to give some thanks. First, I want to thank everyone who took the time to write, comment, and send voice memos my way. Your feedback is very appreciated. Next, a big shout-out to Monty Data for contributing the music to this episode. It's a piece called Noir Tokyo. And lastly, I'm going to give a massive thank you to everyone who listens to Nighttime. Without your interest and your support, this show would be as pointless as it would be impossible. But with that said, keeping the show alive is and has always been an uphill battle. So if you care to take some of the weight off the show's back, please subscribe to the premium feed. Not only does it make the show possible, it'll give you more of each topic than you're going to find here in the free feed as I'm adding exclusive content regularly. So for about the price of a cup of coffee, you can help keep this show alive by subscribing to the premium feed at patreon.com slash nighttime podcast. And with that said, let me thank the newest supporters of the show. Paula, Inconspicuous Fly, Sue, and Kathy, thank you all for your generous support. And for anyone else who'd like to support the show but can't help financially, you can give me a big hand by simply sharing the episodes across your social media. And if you have any story ideas or want to give feedback on the show, you can reach me at nighttimepodcast.com slash contact or find me on social media. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and live on YouTube most Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Sunday nights at 9.15 Eastern. So until next time, Take care of each other, hug your loved ones tight, and let me know if you see anything weird. The Nighttime Podcast is written, hosted, and produced by Jordan Bonaparte. Copyright Jordan Bonaparte.